Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Ademo. Are you excited to be in God's house tonight? Come on, give somebody by your side. Not a COVID wave, but a Holy Ghost wave. Hallelujah. Wave to the left, wave to the right, and announce to one or two or three people by your side that your destiny in God is unstoppable. That you will reach your goal. That you will reach the place called there. That, that you will fulfill your destiny. I'm re-energizing right now. Tell somebody that things are coming my way. Come on, tell somebody. Things are coming my way. I am moving forward. I am excited. I am arriving at my destination. Glory be to God. I am on target, brother. I'm on target and I'm on time. Hallelujah. Things are happening. Hey, glory be to God. Amen. Are you ready for the word of God tonight? Oh, I'm excited in my spirit. Glory be to God. The devil may try, fire his best shot, but he was a loser. He was born a loser. He will keep on losing for the rest of his life. I am scheduled not to lose any battle. Why the greater one lives on the inside of me. His name is Jehovah, the man of war. He has not lost any battle. He's not planning to lose anyone. And he will never ever lose any battle because he is the winner himself. Glory be to God. And guess what? He lives on the inside of me. It's not because of me. It's because of him. Hallelujah. He chose to live on the inside of me. Devil, it's too late in my life for you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We've been, you're welcome. Our viewers from all over the world, please, let's give a... Uh, a glorious hallelujah and a welcome to all our viewers from all over the world. It's been amazing. These people have been consistent, constant. It's amazing. It's amazing. The way they will chat and say, oh, pastor, what's going on here? People from the other side of the world will say, oh, it's not clear today. What's going on? But those are days of yesterday. It's as clear, crystal as clear now. Praise God. Hallelujah. They've encouraged us. They've stuck with us. And uh, they are flowing in the spirit with us. All the way in parts of Africa. Hallelujah. To the United Kingdom. To the United States there. Some in Australia. Some in Asia. Some in British Columbia here. Calgary. And some also uh, in Prince Edward Island and all over. Uh, Canada, some, some even in Ontario here, from all the way from Windsor to the GTA, and uh, of course, our very own Niagara here. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus. We celebrate all of you online, and of course, our local content, the Royal House members themselves. Uh, church is fully ready, like we keep on encouraging you. Some of you, we only pray that you recognize your church when you come back to church, because uh, it's really getting change and transform like we all are in royal house glory be to god are you ready this awesome evening 
Heavenly Father, we thank you because the hour of destiny has come. We give you the glory and praise. We worship you. Add your blessing to your word. Let our lives never remain the same after this encounter. Teach us your engrafted word. Let there be a shift in the realm of the spirit. We thank you especially for what you have been doing and running in our lives over the past few days as we are moving to day 15 tomorrow. Thank you for what you even did this afternoon. We thank you for the shift taking place in our lives. We pray for all those that are still catching up, that they will catch up. And Lord God of heavens, we pray that none will be left behind in this cloud of glory that is moving. That our goals, our destiny that you have prepared for us before the foundation of the world, people will open up their spirits to move with the cloud, to move with the spirit, to move in the dimensions that you have ordained for such a time like this. Let our lives never remain the same. Bless every home, bless every family, bless every individual. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. And the people of God said, Amen. For some time now, what the voice and the spirit of God has been saying to us is to grow spiritually. We have been on this wavelength of growth and every time God wants his children to grow, it's because there is something he wants them to possess, something he wants them to have, something he wants them to experience, something he wants that he has laid up for them. But because of the instructions, because of his principles, because of the way the world has been set to operate, certain things must be in place before certain things can take place. Again, I say certain things must be in place before certain things can take place. Praise God. So now, some of the things that need to be in place is what is calling us to do. There are some things that God has done, but it needs you and I to participate in the process of the manifestation. For example, he has sorted out salvation. He has given, the Bible says, the grace of God that brings salvation, Titus 2, 11 and 12, has appeared unto all men. The grace of God that brings salvation is ready. The grace of God that brings salvation is prepared before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ at the point came, died, paid the price in full for our salvation. But man's participation is necessary. Because Jesus has died for the whole world, does it mean the whole world is saved? No. But everybody in the world should know that the price has been paid. And the way to participate in salvation is you have to believe in your heart. Then confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says you shall be saved. So, even though salvation has been sorted, salvation has been taken care of, man still needs to participate in the process before it is made manifest in the individual's life. Do you understand? That is how things operate. Prosperity has been made provision for. Healing has been provided for. Deliverance has been sorted out. But you as an individual, you need to find out what is my part in this thing that God has provided for me freely. And when that individual discovers what has been provided freely, then he begins to enjoy the proceeds or the manifestation of what has been provided, physically speaking. 
In the realm of the spirit, it's settled. He said, forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. But that's in heaven. We are living on the earth. How do we convert what has been made available in the heavens, in the realm of the spirit, to our own daily manifestation, to our own daily reality? That is what I'm encouraging you. According to the principle of the scripture, there is human responsibility. The word of God is based on two premises. Number one is divine sovereignty. There are some things you cannot do. You can't do it because you don't even have the capacity to do it. It's divine sovereignty. It's only God that can do it. And then the next one, very close to it, is human responsibility. By the time you combine divine sovereignty and human responsibility, what you have is a fusion of manifestation of the divine counsel of God. Now, while some believers make the mistake of handing over everything to God, they say, God will do it. God will do it. And they won't do nothing. The Bible makes us, not the Bible now, let's come down to the earth. In the earthly principle, anything times zero, minister Latirego, anything times zero is what? Is zero. Hallelujah. You can't get anything out of it. You must participate. Please point to one or two or three people, salute them, respect them, smile to them, do whatever you can to catch their attention, but you must participate. Let them know. Let them know. Yeah. So that is one of the reasons you come to Bible study, to find out where and what you need to participate in so that the promises of God can be yours, experientially speaking. Now today, we want to go on further. We have, been, we have been studying things around the Holy Spirit. The other time we learned 10 reasons why every believer should speak with new tongues. Is that not so? Last two weeks, we learned about the seven steps every believer needs to take to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with new tongues. I said these seven steps, you should know them. Because not only is it for you, that is the believer, to be able to minister to others, but also for you who has not yet received to receive. Amen? It is very important. Like I told you, many people have different experiences in speaking with new tongues. And because of your experience, your experience could be those that are of the exceptional. And you think, well, since you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you are not too concerned about others who have not received. You just know what you have received is real. And you have kept it. But you have not gone back to the word of God to study. To see what is the normal laid down protocol or procedure for somebody to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Even though when I was teaching last week, I told all of you, I shared with you that receiving the Holy Ghost, uh, for me, as a personal testimony, no one laid hands on me. Even though it is in the biblical doctrine that the way it is transferred right from after the apostles received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the first time it fell, it fell in a great way, like twice. Number one, on the 120 people at the upper room, it fell on them. Whoa! The next time, 
in Cornelius house. It fell again. Whoa. The next time, 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. And they said, men and brethren, what do we do? He said, repent and receive ye the Holy Ghost. The Bible did not continue how many, perhaps all of them, received the Holy Ghost that day. And so on and so forth. There were different experiences in the Bible. But after a while, you could see in the lifestyle of the apostles how the Holy Ghost, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is being ministered to other believers. And from there, we can deduce from the scriptures, scripturally, this is how to receive the Holy Ghost. Is that clear? Now, if you have not yet understood, or maybe you missed one of the lessons or whatever, it's not a, this is not a message you pack on one side. It's what you should know fundamentally as a believer. Because you never know. It might be on a plane that you are in. You minister to somebody, he gives his life to Christ. What are you waiting for? When did we say somebody should receive the Holy Spirit? He's ready immediately. In fact, the best time for people to receive baptism of the Holy Spirit is immediately they give their lives to Christ because their mind is fresh and full of God at that time. They don't have to let their mind come in and pollute anything that they have already received. Praise God. You don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. Amen? That you'll be given opportunity that you can't bring the fellow to church for one reason or the other but you can bring the person to Christ. So as a child of God, one of the two kids you should have readily available, whether you're a one-year-old Christian, a five-year-old Christian, or a two-seller Christian, it doesn't matter. You should have it in your toolkit how to minister baptism of the Holy Ghost. You must know how to. And by God's grace, I'm going to open up a practical class later on before this year is over, by the special grace of God, that, that you can minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can practice the ministration of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that will be yours for the taking in Jesus' name. So today we are taking it a step further. We want to understand in this new series, it's not it's part of it's part and parcel of this spirit of understanding, knowing the Holy Ghost and developing yourself strong. I know a lot of you have moved in the spirit, the spirit of God has moved upon you. But I want your foundation, your scriptural foundation, to be strong in the Holy Ghost. Many people who move in the Holy Ghost, many people who are Pentecostals, that's why some evangelicals, they call us Pentecostal and so on. Because our foundation of the doctrine of what we are believed in, people don't have the basis, the solid theological sound knowledge of what we do and so on and so forth. And that's why this teaching is there. It's just to ground you in the knowledge of the truth. Not that you don't know these things. Not that some of you have not even established in them. But it's necessary for me as a pastor over you to teach you the fundamentals. To teach you the foundation so that you can be grounded in it. Can I hear your amen? amen. So we are going to be taking the Holy Spirit within and the Holy Spirit upon. What did I call it? The Holy Spirit within and the Holy Spirit upon. Tonight, it's going to be a bit foundational. You know I like foundations a lot. It's going to be a bit foundational. We'll take it precept upon precept to learn 
and understand these things. You see, we are in a generation. If we are not careful, if you can't explain this thing, theologically speaking, your children will not like what you are doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you just want to explain it away that, oh, we speak in tongues because uh, that's what we do in our church. We just speak in tongues. Ah, that's what you do in your church, and you just speak in tongues. No basis, no theoretical, I mean, no, no theological backing. Why do you do that? The children, how many people agree with me that the children of this generation would not take that from you? You have to be sound. Sound on it. Praise God. I don't think I'm talking to married people. You are married, I'm talking to you too. Because very few years time, you'll be having children. Praise God. In the next, there's nobody sitting here today. But in the next, I don't want to say 10 years. It's too far. Some people will fight me. In the next few years, you have children who will be talking. Not just have children who say, yeah, yeah. No, you have children who will be talking. Who can engage in conversation? Praise God. Amen. Are you with me? So the Holy Spirit within. We want to try and look at the Holy Spirit within, which is his indwelling presence. His in dwelling let's make it all capital presence let's see spelling error there let me not Spell checkers. The King Joe, help me out. P R E. Okay. That's indwelling presence. Praise God. What did I call it? The indwelling presence. What did I call it? Holy Spirit within. Very good. So this is the Holy spirit within I can't spell or don't think I can spell uh, praise God that's the uh, Holy Spirit within now we have the Holy Spirit upon which is the infilling power he's in feeling power. This is the Holy Spirit upon. His infilling power. Now, for me to do justice to the, his indwelling presence, this will take us about two weeks. That is today, as I lay foundation, and next week. Definitely next week we'll try and finish everything about the indwelling presence. 
Then his infilling power we will take another two weeks just to bring understanding and theological foundation to these things. Traceable even in the scriptures. Hallelujah. John 14, 16 to 17. John 14, 16 to 17. John 14, 16 to 17. You can write or I mean, definitely old, I mean, write down this scripture so that you can be like the Berean Christian, go back home, search it to make sure that the things that you are being taught are so. John 14, 16, and 17. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He dwelleth in us and shall be where? In us. So this spirit is not a stranger. He dwells in us. Everybody say he dwells in us. I'm talking about the spirit within. He dwells in us. As a believer, he dwells in you. The moment you give your life to Christ, normally we say, and I thank God for you in Royal House, a lot of you have this foundational scriptural understanding. In, although we say every time that Jesus lives on our inside. Isn't that so? As Christians, we say, oh, well, Jesus is on the inside of me. Jesus lives on the inside. But we all know, according to the word of God, that Jesus is where right now. His right hand of God, the Father. So Jesus cannot be the one on the inside of you. Praise God. It's not Jesus on the inside of you. But those of you who say Jesus is on my inside, it's not as if you are too far from the truth. Praise God. The reason that you are lightly right is because the one on the inside of you is representing who? Is representing Jesus. But Jesus, physically speaking, is not the one on the inside of you. Jesus, physically speaking, right now, he is where? At the right hand of God, the Father in heaven. Praise God. So who then is on the inside of you? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit within. This is the guy on the inside of you. Praise God. He's right there, right now, as we speak. The moment anybody gives his life to Christ, Jesus said it is important. I was explaining this last week. It's important that I go. If I do not go, what will happen? He said, huh? another comforter will not come. I'm the first comforter. Jesus said, I'm the first comforter. But the one is a comforter too. He's going to explain. He's going to do exactly what I would do to you. But you see, the advantage of this next comforter coming is that he can be on the inside of you. I, Jesus, I can't be on the inside of you. I'm only on the outside of you. But this one is going to go with you everywhere you go. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to do and he's going to say exactly what I say. He has no agenda of his own. He's going to say the same words that I say. 
or that I will ever say to you. Do you understand that? So the Holy Spirit now is the other comforter that Jesus Christ is referring to. So he stands at the door every time of every human being on the surface of the earth. According to Ecclesiastes 3.11, please understand these fundamentals. According to Ecclesiastes 3.11, there is eternity in every human being. Let me tell you this. The God who created the whole universe had made it in such a way that every human being on the surface of this earth needs him. Including those who don't acknowledge him. Including those who say they are atheists. How do I know this? Because he has created eternity in everyone. There is a part of every human being you see. This is the confidence you should have in evangelism. Anyway, that one is coming up very soon. To train the whole church how to witness the gospel. Every human being. How many people? Every human being has in them eternity. There is a void in every human being that only God can fill. Only God can fill it. Many other people have tried cocaine to fill it, drugs, illicit drugs. They, they just know something is missing, and they are trying to fill it. They've tried all things to fill it, but they never get filled. You know that. So until God takes his place in their lives. So that is your job, that is my job, to get them to that point they can receive God. Now, so I'm telling you this now, that... Every human being has what in them? Eternity. Every human being, the manufacturer put it there, that there is a part of human who will always need and depend on God. Many people say, I don't need God, I don't need God. He's lying. <laughs> you understand? The truth is not there. I'm sure you have heard the story of the 80s who said there's no God. And an emergency situation happens. Say, oh, God. <laughs> All right. Praise God. So in this lesson, I want to focus on uh, uh, the, the B part of John 17, uh, John 14, 17. He said, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Can you see that there? He dwelleth in you, for he dwelleth with you and shall be where? in you. Dwelleth with you and shall be where? It's going to be in you. Tell somebody it's in me. So being born again is not just an experience. Rather, it is receiving the indwelling presence of God. That's what it means. You are born again, you have the indwelling presence of God. The moment you receive Jesus as the personal Lord and Savior, that representative of Jesus, who is he? The Holy Spirit, the other comforter. What does he do? He steps in to your life regardless. That's why you feel that initial joy when you give your life to Christ because he's the spirit of joy. He comes into your life. He takes up residence. Whether you are going to walk with him from that day on or not, no, that's not it. He takes up residence. Because you have said yes, you have accepted, you have been accepted in the beloved. Your name is written in the book of life. The Holy Spirit, the indwelling Spirit of God comes to set up residence 
write it down. Set up residence on the inside of you. You have to know it theologically speaking that the Holy Spirit is there. Whether you are living a life of sin or not or whatever, mm -mm, it doesn't. He has set up residence in you. Now it's up to you now. Praise God. So, his divine, this divine personality, this divine person called the Holy Spirit at salvation comes to live, sets up a home on the inside of us, sets up a residence on the inside of us. He's a divine personality and he has come to live on the inside of us. There are three things I want to quickly establish tonight. That God, number one, is for us. Number two, God is with us. And number three, God is in us. God is for us. God is with us. And God is what? Inside of us. The three relations that God has towards man. That's our relations towards man. Okay? So first, God is for us. To have God to be for us guarantees our success. The consciousness of the fact that God is for you, know you are going to succeed in life. But lack of that consciousness can lead to something else. God is for me. Can everybody say that God is for me? You must keep on keeping that assurance. I've mentioned this before here. That God is for you. But living in the consciousness of it is something different. God is for me. God has my back. Living 24-7 in that consciousness keeps fear away from your tabernacle. How many people agree with me? Praise God. So in Romans 8.31, it says, if God is on our side, we are sure to win in life. Because it says, if God be for us, who can be against us? That person hasn't been born. Praise God. You are solid, man. If God is for you, and you know that he's for you, you become utterly fearless in life. That's just the truth. I want you to say it again. God is for me. Believe it with all your heart. God is for me. God has got my back. He's got my back. He's for me. In Jesus' name. So no matter how difficult the situation may be in life, no matter how dark clouds hang upon your horizon, no matter how tough and rough it is, no matter how negative every news you are getting is, you are just to be calmly assured that God has your back. In the midst of this storm, it is over. God has your back. Oh, this scripture became real, so real to me. I think it was... Eight years ago, I was on an aircraft between France and uh, the country my wife was born. Praise God. I can never forget. In the middle of the night. No, it was between Canada and France. In the middle of the night. A storm hit. I'm telling you the truth. I lied not in the Holy Ghost for about two hours. I don't think the pilot knew where we were. The plane would go, Ooh. 
And all of a sudden, hey, everybody in the aircraft, the one that was vomiting was vomiting. The one that, it got to a stage, even the air hostess, and they just said, look, vomit anywhere. They just sat down. For two hours, if it's five minutes, ah, we say, okay, it's over. Ah, 30 minutes, one hour. Praise God. That's why I was telling people this afternoon. Don't let, have stamina to pray in the Holy Ghost. Have stamina to pray in the Holy Ghost. The whole thing was going, ah, ah. the thing will turn like this. Ah, ah. You'll be hearing, ah, ah. when engine is sounding like it's not a, you don't want to. But this scripture, I don't know where that piece came from. Say, so, uh, me, I will reach my goal. I'm going to France, I will get there. Praise God. People are, in fact, the person who sat beside me was looking at me that this guy is a strange guy. He's not even shaking, he's not. Um, I said, some people, it's that time you want to tongue. Huh? Is it that time to tongue? Uh, we have done all the tonguing. Let the uh, Holy Ghost do what he can do. Amen. I just said I'm going to get home. Nothing is. I'm telling you, in the presence of God right now, the kind of overwhelming peace that came. And this was the scripture that just came. God is for me. He has my back. So no matter what was going, he's got my back. It was the person sitting by my side I was just feeling for. I wasn't feeling for myself. Praise God. In the midst of storms. You just know God has your back. It's a good thing. You see, this is Christianity. This is where you display what you have on the inside. Tell somebody again, God has got my back. It doesn't matter what you are going through. It doesn't matter what I am going through. This scripture cannot be changed. The Bible says the word of God cannot be broken. It can't be broken. It can't be broken. This is established. Before I was born, it was established. So why should I be shaking now? May that revelation seek on the inside of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. There can be no defeat if the Lord is for us. There can't be. Amen? So God is with you. If you believe that, say good amen. So under the New Testament, I want you to know this or the new covenant, based on better promises, according to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, under the covenant in the Old Testament, God was for Israel and with Israel, but he was not in them. He was for them, he was with them, but he was never on the inside of them. In the old covenant, there was no record of God living inside of all the prophets he even used. He never lived on their inside. He was always upon them. He could be upon them, but he would not live on the inside of them. And that is why I want you to know that you are very special. Listen to me. Don't let somebody just shove it down your throat that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Look, he's special. Moses never, as powerful as Moses was, as powerful as God used him in his time, he never had the Holy Ghost on his inside. People like Prophet Isaiah, they were looking for, Isaiah was prophesying, he was the Messiah 
prophet. He prophesied more than the New Testament than any other prophet. He was envious of our generation. That God, we are going to live inside of these people? What about us? What about us? And this is things we are taking so lightly today. And God is on our inside also. Ha. You don't know what is on your inside. You don't know the value of what you have on your inside. You know what you do when you don't know the value of something? When you don't know the value of something? You abuse it. You abuse it. This new creation, a lot of us have abused it. Because there's no value we are placed on it. That the king of glory could be living on our inside. He's for us. Yes, we know he's for us. He's with us. But to live on the inside of us, no generation has experienced it until the New Testament came. God never lived in the inside of a human being. So tell one or two people by your side, I'm very special. Treat me right, brother. I am very, very, very special. Let that person know God lives on your inside. You are not ordinary. Praise God. It's what is called, what is the value? What, 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 what is it called? The, the value, okay, the image on the inside of you. What is that called? Huh? Self-image, very good. That's the image. Now, some people have a distorted image of themselves. In whose image are you created, sir? Okay. So how should you feel about that image? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Is it on the outside that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? No. People can complain about the outside. Say this one is too big. That one is too small. This one. But on the inside, you are doing what? So the image on the inside is expressed on the outside. Do you understand? When they look at you and say, you have, they are the ones who have distorted image about you. If they can have a glimpse of the image you have on the inside of you, they will change their mind about you. So firstly, you have to have what is called a good self-image. And in whose image are you created? You are created in the image of who? The almighty God. Who can be more beautiful than God? The Bible says it's beautiful beyond description. And that's who the person you look like. And they're trying to describe you. They will wait a long time to describe you. Beautiful beyond description and you're done. Clap for me, my brother. Clap, clap. You're the only one that is. I'm spending energy to make them see that they look different. Amen? God bless you. Thank you, bro. Amen. Now, that's self-image. Now, the value you place on the image that you have of yourself inside of you. The value you place on it is called what? Self-worth. God bless you. Now, some people's self-worth in this 21st century is very low. Have no value. Have no value. When you have zero self-worth, that's when you misbehave. You don't know what manner of person you are. That's why Apostle Paul, when he was going for he said, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? What? That's how he was talking to the church. 
What? Self-image, self-worth, self-value. Let's leave that alone. Let's go on. Amen. Now, however, in the New Testament, God is with us. God is for us. But we also have something better than God just being for us and God being with us. God is on the inside of us. God is actually making his home, making his abode where? In our bodies. Why did he do that? He had said he is not going to dwell in tents made with hands anymore. He will not. And I will quickly explain the theology of that for you. Because why you are so special? Why God made you in his image and his likeness? Why he wants you to have a good self-image of yourself, good self-worth, good value about yourself? I want you to know it from scriptures today. Why he's giving you that? Because if we don't know it, if we don't know the why sometimes, we live anyhow. We'll now know how to carry ourselves. Praise God. Believers are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is there a believer in the house? Come on, say it. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. Do you know who the Holy Ghost is? The Holy Ghost is the third part of the Trinity. God tore himself apart to put a portion of himself in you as a guarantee that he's coming back for you. As a guarantee that you are his, he's yours. That's why when you gave your life to Christ, you struck a covenant there. It was not just an ordinary transaction. It's a spiritual transaction. He became yours, you became his. Praise God. Now, some of you have struck that um, uh, covenant, you struck it, you are a child of God, no doubt about it, but you have not got to depths of the meaning, of the implication, of the decisions you made, the steps you made, the confessions you made, the declarations you made, and the transaction, what actually happened in the realm of a spirit for you. Praise God. Believers are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Of all the mighty truths in connection with redemption, this is the highest, this is the apex of the reality of all the things that took place at our redemption. That after God himself recreated us and made us new creations in Christ, he made us his own. After making us in his own, then... He, in the person of the Holy Ghost, makes our body his home. Wow. In the person of the Holy Ghost, God himself chose. We didn't choose for him. He chose. He will live on the inside of us. Now, that is a very scary statement if it's true. That God lives on your inside? Yes, he does. And ask him when you see him. He's very comfortable there. Praise God. He lives on your inside. This is incredible information that can change a life around. 
that God lives on your inside, then how much more, what manner of person should I be? Praise God. Imagine Donald Trump. Oh, I forgot. Some of you might not like him here. Uh, what's the name of our prime minister? Trudeau. Well, it's not, popularity is not too high, too. But let's just take Trudeau. Let, let's, let's take Trudeau. Let's take Trudeau. Now, whether it's popular or not, excuse me, that's the one, number one citizen in Canada. Is that correct? Imagine Trudeau saying he's coming to live on the, he's coming to spend the night with you. I'm just looking for somebody who is a student who, oh no. I'm looking for somebody who is a, whether first generation immigrant, second generation, third generation, doesn't really matter. Just, he's just looking for one immigrant, either one first generation. I just want to live in the apartment. I don't, I don't, I don't care whether it's a rented apartment, whether it's a three-bedroom, two-bedroom, one-bedroom, wherever I stay, I'm just going to spend the night at your home just to honor you. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street. St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.